What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. Coming to y'all here kind of a little bit later at night than usual. Uh, Tanner Dimling here with y'all as always. Um, as I mentioned, a bit later at night here because of the games we had on Sunday. Um, and, and, man, did we have one heck of a weekend of lacrosse. I mean, we're talking. We had some heck of a games on Friday night. Uh, which we'll briefly mention, won't go too deep into. Um, we had a ton of excitement on Saturday and some heck of games on Sunday. So talk about Friday night a bit here. Uh, we saw Manhattan get the 9-8 to double overtime win over Monmouth. The second game of the season against the Hawks. The Jaspers, since dropping that opener against Monmouth, have gone 3-0 all three games, conference games as well. So uh, Manhattan now takes over as the top team in the MAC with a 3-0 conference record. Monmouth drops to 2-1 in the conference, 3-1 overall. In the season, little refresher, the MAC is playing conference only, but that first weekend did not count towards your conference record. So each team, you know, two teams are playing each other twice, um, essentially, and that's what we saw here on Friday as Manhattan plays Monmouth for the second time in the year. And what's crazy about this one, and, and Manhattan's defense, credit to them, and they're a very good defensive team, but Matt Sutar, got to give him a shout-out here for Monmouth. Played fantastic. Was a big part of Monmouth being able to come back from down 4-1 at the half. Excuse me, 4-2 at the half. Goes 12 of 11 in the second half alone at the dot. 17 for 21, 81% on the day. Fantastic game for him. Uh, you know, Monmouth... Uh, a surprisingly, I think both these teams to some people are a bit of a surprise. Uh, the Mac has been a little bit crazy this year, and we'll get into the Marist thing at the end. I told you all on Thursday I would rant about that, but a uh, good win for Manhattan. Coach Kelleher uh, got a good squad there, and uh, you know, would not be surprised if they make it in the Mac tournament. This year, uh, which they haven't done in, I think, quite some time since they've made the postseason. Um, I believe I wrote earlier in the year, my preview, I think it was 2008 was the last time they made the postseason. M- Might have been sooner, but uh, th- that kind of time range. So uh, it could be a special year here for Manhattan. In the SoCon, we saw Richmond top High point, 17-10. to 10. And look, all y'all need to know about this one, Dalton Young, Ryan Lanchberry combined for 15 points. Andrew Hamilton goes 58%, 18-for-31 at the dot. Jack Rustbolt goes, makes 13 saves and cage. And, oh yeah, um, high point had 17 turnovers. 17, fellas, 17. 14 of which were caused... Credit to the Richmond defense. Look, Richmond looked fantastic as usual. They have, you know, asserted themselves as the, you know, 
it, they're the full Bowden top team in, in the SoCon. Uh, they were coming in the season. They still are. They have not disappointed whatsoever this year. High point, however, look, when they can get possessions, they can get in their set, they can run their offense effectively. They're a good team and they can play with anybody. But they are just so dang inconsistent. They turn the ball they they turn the ball over way too much. Obviously had trouble at the fa- at the faceoff dot here today. And look, I'm not hoping on high point. They're a good team. Asher Nolting is one of my favorite players to watch, but look. And and Parker Green, give him credit. 17 saves in this game. He's been really good the past couple games as the starter. Um, I really like his game. And look, high point, if they were a little bit more consistent, I would be higher on them. But they're just not. We've seen that they can run with anybody for but only for so long because at one point they're going to make a mistake and it's like they put everything on making those little mistakes. And, you know, you just can't do that. You cannot win that way. Hofstra got a big win over Fairfield. Um, They're on Friday night in their CAA opener, uh, obviously back after a COVID pause, uh, five goal, six point outing for Ryan Tierney. Hofstra got a big one coming up this weekend, excuse me, this week on Tuesday against UMass. Uh, definitely will be tuning in for that one. Now, we're going to talk about a couple players this on this show that have really stepped up their game and improved over the season. And one of those guys is Doc Aiken. The man put on a freaking show on Saturday, two goals to assist. You know, it's the second weekend in a row that he has looked like his old self. He was good against RMU. He was better against Virginia. Bookended the game with goals. Had the first goal of the game and the game winner for Virginia. They get a very hard-fought win, 12-11 to over Notre Dame. Will York for the Irish was phenomenal. Uh, five goals, three of which came back-to-back-to-back to, back to, back to open up the second. Got the Irish going. Um... 7-2 run for the Irish in the second to take a 7-5 lead at the half. Virginia, we've seen them kind of just talk, talking about inconsistent play. We've seen Virginia be inconsistent. I thought this was the most consistent they've been throughout a game. I think part of that was Petey Lasala finally being consistent. He's had some up and downs this year as far as being hot for a quarter, being hot for a half, but not for the other one. And and and, and he was very good against a very good face-off man and Kyle Gallagher, also Charlie Leonard, got some draws for the Irish. Lasala goes 13 for 25. Fantastic game there for the young man. Uh, Peyton Cormier uh, also had five goals for Virginia. Would be remiss if I did not mention how well he played also Got a lot of his goals there in the second half, uh, including I think he opened up the third with two straight um, there, and then Labiano followed up with one. Uh, Cormier, I think all well, three of his goals came in the third. Um, I know that. And Virginia, look, very, very good performance from 
the Cavaliers. They move to one and two in ACC play. Notre Dame moves zero and one into moves zero and one in ACC play. This being the ACC opener. The takeaways I had from this, obviously, I mentioned Virginia consistent play. Doc Sakin stepping up. Uh, Alex Road looked really good. Had a game saving save in the dying seconds. We had P.D. Lasalo playing well. For the Irish, look, Will York, very good player. Pat Cavanaugh, very good player. Um, the Irish defense, for the most part, especially in the second quarter, played well. Um, also had some good plays in the fourth as well, um, getting some big turnovers there, but were able to turn them into really anything. Um, I think this game was a kind of a growing pain game for Notre Dame. As, look, they're coming off a big one over Cleveland State, Marquette, uh, Bellarmine, and who was their first game? Oh, RMU, uh, Robert Morris. So, and they essentially blew out all three, all of those teams. The Bellarmine game, you know, they struggled through the first three and then blew them out in the final stanza there for the win. But, like, they haven't played top-tier competition all year. Marquette is not as good as I had hoped. I think a lot of people hoped they'd be better. They're not. Um, I think they'll be good next year, but I, they're a year away still. Um, uh, you know, second second year under Andrew Stimmel. But Notre Dame has just not seen that kind of competition. Whereas Virginia has. Look, they, they got blown out by Syracuse. They know that. They lost to Carolina. And, and Carolina was dominant wire to wire in that one. Um, yes, Virginia came back in the second half and made it one heck of a game and credit to the Cavaliers for that. But Virginia, they've played that competition. They played Loyola, who we'll talk about here in a second. So that experience, I think, put Virginia over the edge. And look... This is a good momentum win for them. Um, you know, they go into who do they play coming up next week? Let's pull up next week's schedule here. Um real quick, but this is a big win for Virginia going forward. I think as far as the Irish are concerned, it's one where you say, Okay, we you know, we we, we take our lumps, we learn from it, and we move on. So Virginia's got Richmond coming up, and then they got Carolina again. So uh, a non-conference game against Richmond, who we just talked about, uh, you know, in-state game. They're Notre Dame. They're all ACC from here on out. They've got at Syracuse on Thursday, I believe that one is. Um, I could be mistaken. Let's pull up my calendar here. Um, today's the 28th. So, okay, that's Saturday. Saturday, excuse me, not Thursday. So, they got a, a a dance with Syracuse on in the excuse me in the dome on Saturday. Gonna be a tough one, uh, but hopefully they can learn from this one uh, for their sake, and, and and it'll be be a good one against a really good Syracuse team. Towson, uh, talk about teams getting wins that they needed. Towson got a needed win, a much needed win on Saturday, taking down rival Loyola seven to six. And overtime, Tim Montgomery. Timmy Montgomery 
game winner. Also had the first goal of the game for Towson, bookending uh, their, their day. Aiden Olmstead popped off with two goals to start the contest for Loyola. Both came early in the first there. Uh, Tim Montgomery got things started. 17 seconds left in the first. Joey Kamish, just like that, gets Loyola back on the board. 3-2-1. Loyola heading into the second. Look, the second and the third, we saw one goal each from from both teams. Defenses stood tall, stood strong. Very good defensive performance from both of these teams. We know both these teams have solid defenses. You look at Shane Brennan and Cage for Towson, Kobe Smith, um, and, and, and a number of guys on that defense. Got some good shorties on there as well. Obviously, uh, Schaefer has looked good the past couple of years, I would say. And then we have um, Cam Wires, uh, who's really a do-it-all guy for Loyola. Had a good game as well here for the Greyhounds. Now, like neither team went on a big run until Towson goes on a four-goal run, uh, starting with a Riley Gager goal. Um, their four-goal run for them to take their first lead of the game with 3.15 left in regulation. Barry Savio, who looked good at the face-off dot today, um, gets ties things back up. Forces overtime uh, in, like, I think it was the final minute or so, a couple minutes of the game. Tim Montgomery, game winner for Towson. Um, this is Towson's first win. Excuse me. It is their second win um, of the season. And it is uh, 64th all-time meeting between these two rivals. Uh, Towson's third win in the series in seven years, and fifth since 2005. Oh, no, sixth since 2005, I, I believe. Yeah, sixth since 2005, uh, where they had that five, six, seven, three-peat, and then they had about six, seven years um, of no wins there, and then got one. Uh, I believe they won twice during the Pat Spencer era, if I'm not mistaken, so... Big one there for Towson. Um, for Sean Adwin and his squad, much needed win there. Stony Brook, man, like, look, talk about Albany, all you want of them being a good team, whatever. Coming off that good win over UMass and you know, blah, 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 blah. I'm on the Stony Brook hype train right now. Um, you know, I, I hopped off the Dane train this weekend. And hopped on the Seawolf train, if that's even a thing. Um, 16 to 10 win for Stony Brook in this one. Look, they were, you know, they led wire to wire in this contest. Like, and Albany looked at times like they were going to come back in it. But, man, it just was not there. Like, it was not there. It wasn't, I don't know if they got too hyped off that UMass win you got Dehoka coming back. You got Gash coming back on defense. Like, I don't know if they just got too too excited. Like, Dehoka had four goals and an assist, and he played really good. But man, like, 
it it this just I don't I I don't I can't really put my finger on it. It was an uncharacteristic, uncharacteristic game for Albany. It just was like they weren't getting those looks they usually get. They weren't getting those transition opportunities all the time. Which look you're not going to get those every game, every possession, but they get them more times than not at Albany. So you know Corey Van Jehoven, Chris Pickle, Dylan Palinetti. Like, props to you guys and to that Stony Brook team, that Stony Brook defense as well, who was able to hold Albany to uh, two goals in the first quarter, 6-2 heading in the second. Um, you know, DeHoka, he had three straight in the second to start the game for Albany, and that cut it to 6-5. to five. And, like, that point, I was like, okay, Albany can come back into this one. They never did. Like, once Albany, once DeHoka went off, Stony Brook just stepped on the gas a bit more, and, and they kind of, I, I don't want to say they cruised because they didn't, but they just did not. Like, this was an uncharacteristic game. Like, the Albany I saw on Tuesday and the Albany I saw on Saturday, two completely different teams. They got some work to do up there. Uh, in the capital city of the state of New York. Out west, we have T.D. Irwin is back playing lacrosse. Well, he played out east this weekend as they beat Providence in Providence uh, to stay unbeaten in the Big East. And, uh, you know, I've seen a lot of jokes on Twitter of, you know, the face-off committee had an emerging, had an emergency meeting on Saturday <laughs> after this one. Oh, goodness. T.D. Irwin goes 100%. 14 for 14 at the face-off dot. He wasn't even the lame guy. They put out Stathicus out there. He goes 11 for 15. T.D. Irwin goes 14 for 14. Woo-wee. Talk about a heck of a game there. Talk about a heck of a game. Uh, good one there for Denver. Uh, look, I did not expect anything less than a win here. Um, and obviously, we knew TD. We know. The, the man's amazing, and he was amazing on Saturday. Just... As expected. So, props to TD, props to Denver. Good one there for the Pioneers. Keeping things in the Big East, I'm not going to talk about this one in depth because I didn't watch it. Um, like, I didn't see any of this. I don't subscribe to the uh, the Georgetown stream or the like any of the Big East streams. The only Big East stream I subscribe to is Denver. Um, and then Marquette is free, uh, but I don't, and if they're on TV, I'll watch, like, I, I, I don't subscribe to individual teams' streams other than Denver, um, because they had some good games on there, uh, this year, and they usually do, but, uh, so I didn't watch this one, but Villanova and Georgetown, it was a little close, it was a little close, uh, eight to seven wins for Georgetown, they skim out of there with the win. Uh, Jake Carraway not in the lineup today, uh, not in the lineup on Saturday, I should say, for the Hoyas. 
Gibson Smith still out with that injury, uh, top defenseman for the Hoyas. So, you know, Georgetown, they outscored the Wildcats 3-1 to in the final period to help them escape the win. TJ Haley, Nicky Petkovic stepped up there. Uh, Will Vitton, uh, good game in cage for the Wildcats, 15 saves. But, um, yeah, a little bit of a – was a little too close for comfort, I would say, for the Hoyas. Uh, their 8-7 to win over Villanova, um, a team they actually blew out, I think. Um, oh, no, excuse me. I'm thinking of the wrong team there. Uh, but Because this, this was their first game against Villanova. Um, but a, a team I expected them to blow out, but um, in, in a sense. But, you know, may have had something to do with that Jake Carraway was not in the lineup. May not have. I don't know. I didn't watch the game, but uh, certainly a, a, a close one there in D.C. It, this is one I was able to attend. Um, obviously, I, I, I you know if y'all don't know, I do the game. I do the post game. Um, I can do the game previews and the post game for uh, Bell Lumen's athletic website. Um, so. I'm at all the home games, watch all the away games as well. Um, and uh, Bellman and Air Force played, you no, know, I mean, one of the better, uh, you no, know, low mid major games of the year, of me, of the weekend. Um, this was one that, you know, eight to six win for Air Force. Um, defensive heavy game here. And I think it was the the second. There was one goal in the second quarter, um, and you know it's a six two lead um, early in the second half for Bellman and uh, Air Force. The Falcons just you know flipped on the switch, stepped on the gas. You know whatever you want to say. Six goal run to end the game there. August Johnson, man, that you know. Air Force, obviously, very good team. They'll be in the SoCon uh, tournament. But August Johnson, man, he had himself one heck of a game there. Um, three goals for him down the stretch of that six-goal run. Um, he had four goals in the game to lead the Falcons' offense. Braden Host, 16 saves in cage, 72% save percentage. Very, very impressive second half for the Falcons there. Certainly a SoCon tournament team, but an, an interesting one there here in Louisville. Some other games I do want to mention here from Saturday, and then we'll get into Sunday's games. Quinnipiac 5-4 over St. Bonaventure, avenging their season opening loss. Sean Goldsmith is back, and he is back to scoring goals didn't do much last weekend, but uh, he had six goals and one assist against Mercer. Uh, excuse me, four Mercer against Utah. Fifteen to twelve win for the Bears. Trey LaCroix helped lead the Ohio State Buckeyes past rival Michigan. Fourteen to six was not like the game that we saw earlier in the year. Ohio State dominates that one pretty much wire to wire. Uh, LaCroix with uh, I believe it was uh, uh, four goals in that one. 
Ryan Dolan gets the hat trick um, and the game-winning goal to lift St. Joseph's over Mount St. Mary's 14-3 in overtime. Uh, really interesting one there in the NEC. Um, I, haven't, I haven't gone back and watched it, but uh, we'll do that tonight. Uh, go back and watch that one. I always like on Sundays and on Mondays, I, I Sunday nights and Monday nights, I, I go back and watch like, I won't watch like full games, but I'll watch like parts of games that I missed. So uh, that's certainly one that I've circled to go back and watch. Um, Nathan Cap, fantastic game for Jacksonville, 26 for 30 at the dot as they beat VMI, 18 to 12. A bit closer than I expected, but as I've said before, this is a VMI team that I'm impressed with. Coach Papilla has done a great job there. Obviously, we know Coach Galloway and Jacksonville always bring a great squad, a uh, competitive squad to any game. And, uh, you know, we're the m- more talented team there, you know, at, as, you know, you would expect. We've got a uh, – this one went under the radar, unfortunately. But in JIT, like – I don't know if you can hear that, but I'm clapping. Like, NJIT, I am, yes, yes, NJIT, this is huge for this program. First conference win. So they were in the NEC last year. Did not get to play an NEC game because the season was canceled before they got into the NEC play. They moved to the American East. And look, I I, I did not think they were going to get a win this year. I thought... Down the road, they're going to be you know, a middle-tier America East team. This move's a really good move for them. It raises their profile, blah, blah, blah. I didn't think they were going to get a win this year in the America East. I'm so glad they proved me wrong. They beat UMass Lowell 14-10. to Very excited for the Highlanders. Big win for that program. Congrats to NJIT. The Highlanders there as they get a 14-10 victory over the UMass Lowell Riverhawks. Big win, big program win for the Highlanders. One that unfortunately went a bit under the radar because of the big games on Saturday. But a huge win for that program. Again, congrats to NJIT. Moving on to Sunday's games, it was a big t- it was a big Sunday for the Big Ten. Maryland stays undefeated as they defeat the Rutgers Scarlet Knights thirteen to nine in a rematch from just two weeks ago to open up the second half of the season. Jared Bernhardt continued to imply to prove why he he deserves. At least a spot on the stage at that Twilton Award ceremony in May. I don't know if he's going to get the award. I think it's him. I think it's Michael Sowers. I think it's Chris Gray. Who are the other two guys? I don't know. I think Ryan Tierney has a very good case for himself. And we'll see. I don't know. Like, we'll see what TD Irwin does, but I don't think you can give it to a guy that's only played half a season. Just saying. Um, but we're not talking about Twilton right now. We're talking about Maryland. But Jared Bernhardt, 
a 12-10 finalist. Um, he, he will be a 12-10 finalist. Fantastic game for the young man. A sh- old man by now, fifth-year guy there at Maryland. Old man by uh, college lacrosse standards. Four goals, two assists, six points in the contest there. Fantastic game for him. Three of his goals came in the second quarter as he aided Maryland to a 7-0 run from late in the first through late in the second to help put them ahead 8-5. They were trailing 4-2 at the end of the first period of play. Big game for Bernhardt. It was a big part of the Maryland win here today. Outside of him, we saw Logan Wisnowskis, Kyle Long, each have two goals to assist apiece. Justin Shockey goes 15 for 25 at the faceoff dot. Logan McNaney has seven saves, uh, played fantastic. And Brett Maycar holding Kieran Mullins to just one assist, which is his lowest, his only game this season without a goal, and his lowest output, point output, since being held to just one goal against um, Penn State in the opener. So, uh, good day there for uh, Maycar holding Keelan Mullins to just one assist. On the Rutgers side, um, you had two goals by Charlotte Medes and uh, Koblach, uh, uh, the freshman. His two started the game. Um, and he didn't do much offensively after that. Charlotte Beatties had a strong second half there um, for Rutgers. They were able to kind of get back into things, um, and they actually cut it to um, they cut it to two goals three times in the second half, including early in the in the fourth, um, following a power play goal from Eric Saviette, and then Charlene Beatties had a full-strength goal uh, to follow that, which made it a two-goal game. However, every time Rutgers seemed to get back in the game, Maryland, as they usually do, had an answer. Um, they ended the contest with two of their own. Um, following that two-goal Rutgers run, uh, Logan Wisnowskis with the final one. Um, and that final play, like, that, like, if... Go to the uh, Maryland Twitter account, and you'll see it. Uh, that final play tells you everything you need to know about this game. Um, Kyle Long does not give up. I, I don't know who had the ball for Rutgers, but he puts him on the he puts him in the dirt in the turf, scoops up the ground ball, finds Logan Wisnowskis, he puts it in to end the game there. Um, and, and that that was essentially the story of the game. Rutgers were coming down the field. We're going to get a goal. Oh, no, it's Maryland's ball again. They weren't bad in the clearing game overall. Um, I think they had three th- three for five in the third or the second. I can't – in the second, I believe it was. And that really killed them, put them behind. Um, but they had 18 turnovers – all game, seven of which were caused. So, if you have 18, so seven that were caused, let's see, let's do, I gotta do a little math here. So, 11 
unforced turnovers, uncaused turnovers, 11, 11. And guess what? 11 of those 18 came in the second half. Turnovers absolutely killed Rutgers in this game, and Maryland, to their credit, took full advantage of it. Maryland had 19 turnovers. 10 of those were caused. So look, Maryland wasn't perfect either, but they certainly looked like head and shoulders, as they have all year, the best team in the Big Ten. Maryland moves to 6-0. Rutgers drops to 4-2. Both of their losses to the Terrapins, um, I think that's I think no matter what happens, I think we're probably going to see both those teams in the NCAA tournament. Penn State, they got revenge on Johns Hopkins just two weeks after suffering uh, that devastating 13-6 loss at Homewood. The Nittany Lions welcomed in Johns Hopkins to Panzer Stadium uh, to begin the second half of their season. The second half of the Big Ten started this week, uh, if you did not know that. Penn State was able to come out on top 11-8. to The win is the second of the season for the Nittany Lions and first since they beat Ohio State back in early March. Both teams are now 2-4 and four after Sunday's contest. I said I was going to mention this man, and I got to mention this man, Mac O'Keefe. Mac O'Keefe is back, fellas. Mac O'Keefe is back. The man had four goals, one assist, fifth-year attackman. Absolutely fantastic game from him on Saturday against, excuse me, on Sunday against Johns Hopkins. Five, so, so he had five points, four goals, two of which came, um, Yeah, two of which came um, in the third, in the first quarter, uh, to help make it a three-three game into in the second, and then O'Keefe added two more in the final period to help seal the deal. There, um, they ended on a three-goal run. Um, really, the story of this game, like it, it like Hopkins looked good at times, like they really did, and they moved Cole Williams back to attack. Uh, with Brennan Grimes not playing today. Um, and, like, I thought Hopkins... I didn't think Hopkins looked bad, but I think Penn State looked better. Penn State's offense is what we thought it was going to be. Their defense is still not very good, but their offense, at least, is what we thought it was going to be. Um, and then the, the the biggest thing in this one, Mac O'Keefe returns to form. Javard Arcelli... 78% returns to his usual self. He had trouble adjusting to the SNG, standing neutral grip. Colby Kanis has himself a heck of a day, 15 saves, after a lackluster day a week ago against Michigan. So your three best players, all like your three best returning players from a year ago, all step up and have their best games of the season. Certainly O'Keefe did. I'd have to check the stats on Arcelian and Canise, but it, it feels like they did. And this was the best game for Penn State all season. Very good game for the Nittany Lions here as they beat Johns Hopkins 11-8. to And look, the Blue Jays, Cole Williams, 
played very well. He had two goals and one assist. And Josh Kosen, I thought in the second half especially, played a heck of a game in cage to anchor that defense. But overall, like they just could not stop this Nittany Lion offense, which was clicking on all cylinders, especially in the first half. They were a bit slower in the second. I mentioned Kosen um, was really good in goal. I think that was part of it. But they seemed to slow down in the second. But they still got the job done. So credit to Penn State. Y'all looked good in that one. Other scores here on Sunday. Uh, Spencer Reese, 17 saves in Navy's 13-10 win over the Bucknell Bison. First game back after a two-week pause for the midshipmen. Spencer Reese, man, like, I don't know what else he has to do. But I don't know why people, well, I mean, I guess because the the two-week pause explains it. But, like, yo, even before that, though, he had a 19-save game and a, I think another 17-save game. He's been playing fantastic all year. Um, Navy just breeds goalies now. I mean, you had Ryan Darby. Um, was it, who was it? Um, not Ryan Darby. Name is escaping me at the moment. But, um. You had old boy that played real good for them for was a three or four year starter at Navy, and you got to come in and replace him if you're Spencer Lees, who by the way, you know his brother played there as well, Matt Lees. Um, he's the younger brother, uh, you know, part of the Lees family there. Um, Ryan Kern is who he had to replace. Ryan Kern uh, started every game at Navy. Um, his his career, I believe. And uh, so Spencer Lee's stepping into those big shoes to fill, and he's done that um, no better than anyone else could have this season. Big props to him, big props to Navy, getting that win after the pause. Tommy Schelling puts up five goals, one assist, as Lehigh beats Colgate 15-10 to in that one, another Patriot League Sunday contest. As always, this has been the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, uh, Google Podcast, iHeartRadio, uh, multiple other platforms as well. As always, thank you all for listening. You can connect with us on social media at Lacrosse Bucket on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Tanner underscore Demling is my personal Twitter lacrossebucket.com is the website. As always, have a great, uh, well, I guess, rest of the weekend. Have a great early week. Uh, We will see you all on Tuesday.